0: Hello, Hannah.
1: Hi, Maddie. How are you? You know, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. No complaints today, I guess, you could say. That's great. That's great news. It is. It truly is. How's um how's life? How's how are things?
0: Um, you know, things are fine, I guess. I don't, I don't have many complaints in life. This week has been, it was going really slow, and now it's the end of Wednesday, and then I think about it, I'm like, tomorrow's Thursday, and then Friday's, like, not even a real day. I just, my weeks are all messed up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I could never tell you what day of the week anything is.
0: That's probably for the best.
1: Right? I really got messed up this week with the Monday strep day. Mm, mm -hmm. It really threw me off. Don't get sick. It's awful. I literally, I have no idea where I got strep from. I don't know where I got it from, but I do know somebody else that has it. Ugh! But I can't, I'm not gonna, who knows if I was
0: patient zero or they were, you know? Did, uh, what'd you do this weekend? Were you around kids? Kids are gross. They give illnesses.
1: Yeah. The person... I was around a child, um, but I was more worried I gave them stress wow. than vice versa. That makes sense. Because I think I got it probably before. before. Anyway, so surviving. Mm-hmm. Antibiotics are incredible. Modern medicine is, you know, doing Undo- really good things. Yeah, truly. I took, like, two doses of antibiotics, and I was like, I'm a new woman. I can actually swallow. Yeah.
0: Antibiotics are yeah. really, they'll pull you out of the darkest of times.
1: They really will. And I just, I remember I was laying in bed Sunday morning, and it felt like my entire body was, like, beaten up, Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is strep. This is strep. I know it is. Because the body aches with strep
0: are, like, another level. I haven't had strep in a minute. I am not envious.
1: Yeah, I haven't had it since high school. (sighs) And I remember it being awful in high school, and it is just as awful as I remember. I feel so bad for kids that get... Yeah. Strap
0: a lot because it is painful. Hundred percent. So this week on the pod, we had Kema Thelby. We sure did. Um. Do we want to let
1: everyone know? No, we talk about it. I'm not gonna let anybody know how we know Kema. We're
0: not telling a soul for the next. We're not telling anything. Few moments will make you wait yes. with bated breath. Exactly. Yeah, great episode. Very insightful, if you maybe aren't a part of the film and TV industry. And we hope you enjoy it. See you on the other side. Okay, I'll see you there. Fine. Hello, everyone.
2: So today we have Kim Philby on the podcast. Hi! It's so great to be here. I've, I've been trying to get on the podcast for since season one. Um, and after 500 emails, I finally made it.
0: Here we are. It's uh it's truly a pleasure.
2: (laughs) Well, how's it going? You know,
0: pretty good. I I don't know why, but it feels so much later in the week than it is to me right now.
2: I thought that too. I was um I was picketing today and I think maybe some of the picketing is thrown off my schedule as well. Mm -hmm. But like I was like, Great that it's almost the weekend, but then someone's like, It's Tuesday, and I was like, Oh,
0: cool yeah and it's been weird because the last couple weeks the by the time I get to Thursday I look up and I'm like oh my god it's Thursday how did we get here mm-hmm. um and I guess I expected to do that today but it was only Tuesday <laughs> and so it was really a rude alarming
2: yeah, de- <laughs> devastating. yeah.
1: devastating it's weird to me because I had strep throat yesterday and today too. And so Monday I took a half PTO day, so now today feels like Monday. Mm-hmm. So it feels like the start of my week. We're all be happy Yeah, later, you know.
0: That'll help the week go yeah. by fast. For those of you who don't know, Kema and I work together. Um, and she and our other colleague, if you will, uh, Walker Barnes started a production company called C6 Studios. Um mm-hmm
2: it's been three years yeah it has been an exact yeah. we, we say may 15th is the anniversary which is coming okay. up here Monday but um it that feels a little bit like an arbitrary date um but yeah it's been about three years since the foundation of the company time flies
1: that's awesome three years is yeah great. and what's your well this is where I get this is where I get embarrassed on these podcasts because I don't know what I'm talking about at all when it comes to any of this. So do you have a favorite project so far?
2: Yeah, my yeah. favorite project yeah. uh, would still be parallel, which is the TV series we did last year that Maddie uh, produced on. Um, yeah, it was a it's a sixth episode, half hour uh, season one of a show that we created and we're hoping we'll be able to come out later this year and some of those timelines are a bit up in the air with the strike and everything and just the current landscape but um but yeah parallel was definitely the most um exciting and fulfilling project i think i've done ever and maybe most challenging (laughs) oh
1: my gosh that's the best answer you could have given me that's awesome to hear I'm glad you have had that at such a young age. You know, you've really experienced one of the best feelings probably ever. Yeah, I you know, I hope villain. so. I mean, it was
2: um, th- the whole idea just came from wanting, to, wanting to, to do the thing we've all dreamt of, which for many of us was like actually making long form comedy television. And so all I really want to do in my career is make really good and funny art with really good and funny people and that was kind of the first time we were able to do it on a large scale
0: yeah and on and and i mean to that point yeah i worked on it but kema wore every hat possible for that show she acted produced show run wrote i mean it was it was such a feat and something to be so proud of i think um All of us, you know, felt a sense of accomplishment when we wrapped filming. But truly, I think it was such a undertaking that really shows, you know, capability and determination and grit and so many other qualities that um, without even seeing, you know, a second of the show, I think someone can look at that and say, oh, this is this is someone who's serious, you know.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, as you know, you know, a, a big team of people pushing a very large boulder up a hill for <laughs> a year.
0: Yes. And, and holding the boulder there right at the top now.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Yeah, that must be very tough. That must be very tough. But we love a challenge because when it starts going... Downhill, it starts. Well, I don't want to say downhill, but you know what picks I mean. Up speed. Starts, yeah, 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 getting easier. <laughs> yeah, picks up speed. There we go. Um, and then it'll be awesome. Yeah,
2: thank you. That's thank great.
1: You. Can we talk about how you two know each other? We're well, not know each other, but like how you have met.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Maddie and I met. I've I created this plan about a decade <laughs> ago when my uh, best friend Holland went off to college. Um, where I thought, what if I tried to become best friends with every single person who went to college with Holland? Um, and that is what happened. And so it, that that's not really exactly how it happened. But just in a very weird way, um, Holland went to, to WIU, where Maddie went, and studied musical theater. And uh, through this, the powers of social media, I started infiltrating that friend group i mean i recently was going through like old tweets and found like times maddie and i engaged on twitter like eight years ago before we had like ever met in oh. person just like through both knowing we're close to holland um and then their friend estancia moved to la and estancia and i became very close and then she lived with me for a couple of years um and eventually i just was able to get a grip into Maddie, too, and I'm still working on Luke and Anthony and some of the rest of the group. Um, it's difficult to get everyone, but but yeah, and then, then you know, have moved away, but I got Maddie, um, you know, just trading them in and out, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, I feel very fortunate that Holland went to Western because I have made some of my best friends from her college choice. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that so much.
1: I was gonna say two things one social media the past history is great We love an archive, you know, and then two That's the best part about having a big friend group that all get along It's like you always have somebody to go to and I always say it's great to like spread out your needs So you're not burdened not burdening but not over over asking to a certain person Mm -hmm that also needs time for themselves. So it's nice when you have multiple people to go to and it's nice that you have that big of a network of people.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so that's it. And and one day maybe I'll be able to get Holland to move out here if, that's, I'm, if I get extremely lucky. That's the
0: goal. We're all just trying mm-hmm. to put our claws in and pull her and Alex out here. Yeah,
2: yeah, as much as we
0: can. Yeah, we have a, I hate to say incestual friend group, but it's, it's <laughs> like we just keep, Multiplying and growing, and I—I've started to notice it more recently. I mean, I think this situation of you know, Kema kind of infiltrating the group opened my eyes to it. But then, especially after our wedding, um you know, I—I had a friend who just made a TV debut as you know a guest or a co-star on um, a show and. All these people that I am friends with that know him, but like I never really expected to, were suddenly posting, you know, images from like Derek killing it and da da da. And I was like, oh my God, it is so nice when the people that you love and support start to love and support the people, like the other people you care about. And, yeah. and just seeing that kind of grow and spiral out is so cool. Um, so we're a big fan of infiltrating friend groups. Yeah. That's very, very cute. I love that. Because sometimes it's hard to make friends
1: when you're adult. So it's nice when you can make friends of friends.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Good references, you know. We like to have references to strangers. Kema,
0: when you... Because you came to visit Western at least once. I think one time.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it was once, yeah. Do
0: you remember going
2: anywhere, doing anything other than seeing the show? Do you remember... I remember Holland's dorm (laughs) room. I remember sitting in the box office with Holland. I remember watching Merrily We Roll Along. I remember a dining hall or cafeteria. Um, I don't think we, like, went out or anything. It was, you know, in... And this may have been been all of College for Holland, but that, like, stage where all she did was, um, you know, work, schoolwork, rehearsal, performance, mm-hmm. whatever, go home, sleep yep. kind of thing. Um, so, I think that may have been it. I actually can't even remember, yeah, how long I was there for. But some people, that was the first time I met Estancia as well. I think there's maybe a photo of Estancia and I meeting or something. I don't know. But... But, yeah, I remember maybe, like, a little backstage area or something. Yeah. Oh,
1: I love that. Do you have any memory of your favorite food
2: at the cafeteria when Good you were God, there? Oh, God, no, I have no memory of what I <laughs> ate. Probably, I mean, generally, I'm going for, like, chicken nuggets, so it was probably something like that. Oh,
1: yeah. great choice, great choice. I'm a dino nugget girl. I, like... Cook them up and then cut them up and put them in salads. I put you them in everything. Chicken, no chicken nuggets
2: in salad.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's like chicken. No, I mean, that's I fair. With texture, with chicken yeah. and everything. No, so, that makes
2: sense. You're ma- you're you're innovating. You're you're getting your protein.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. That's the need. So um, that's the gross thing I do. Does anybody else do anything weird I'm with food? Sure I do plenty of weird things. <laughs> Yeah, we were usually we asked the Western question of which was your favorite restaurant, um, and usually everyone says Chick. So, usually everyone has had it once. So, if you ever go back, you should try it. Well,
2: oh, I mean, we could really complain to Holland that she didn't take yeah. me. This, this
1: we'll, can't, can't we, be on me. We'll file
0: a complaint. <laughs> no, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, so we'll talk with her.
0: Oh man. So currently. Uh, You know the writers guild is on strike yeah you mentioned briefly you know you've been going to uh, do the strikes what's what's kind of the overall temperature give us a vibe check
2: Uh, like on the picket lines yeah yeah i mean it's so interesting it's um there's usually a lot of energy it's kind of interesting it feels like a bunch of friends are on a really long like walk at lunch kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. like ever just mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. clumps mm-hmm. chatting with their signs and you know there's there's chanting and there's lots of cars honking the honking is wonderful I've heard from people at the studios that that's the most disruptive thing to their workflow is that it's non-stop honking outside and you know when you get a a red light and all the cars are just honking for like a minute straight and everyone's cheering. That's fun. But a lot of the time, it's just like finding someone, you know, and then catching up and just kind of walking in in circles for like three, four hours with them, seeing how they're doing and saying some chants in between, which maybe saying that makes it seem not like an impassioned labor strike. It is. It's just, you know, when you've got thousands of people out all over the city, um, like, it's actually, it's been nice. I was talking to a friend yesterday, um, Jana, who's a WGA captain. And so WJ is asking members to strike four hours a day, Monday through Friday. And he was saying like, on average, he's, he's walking like nine miles a day, Holy just like in circles around Warner brothers, essentially, because it's just four hours of walking. Um, and like. He, we, were, we were joking about how fit all the riders are gonna be by the end of summer like someone he knows has like lost four pounds in a week <laughs> Maybe alarming. Um, but it's a it's a great it's great energy. I mean when I was there on Thursday it was raining and I was holding like umbrella in one hand picket sign in the other the new double fist if you will. Um, but people were still energetic um there's like a constant flow of like free snacks being brought in like every hour it feels like there's donuts there's pizza there's biscuits there's drink like you know what i mean like people just keep bringing things by um yeah. i'm curious to see how the energy will sustain over time because we could be here for a while but um i think they're also planning different kind of themed days which is fun, fun you know um, I heard rumors that there's going to be a specific day where they, like, all all single writers are going to, like, go to work and have, like, a, like, a mingle, Speak, uh, yeah, speaking while striking. Um, yeah. they've titled that one, When Love Strikes. Cute. Um, but, yeah, oh, so, yeah. I don't know, I think, I think they'll be, able, it definitely seems like they'll be able to sustain it, but I am curious how it'll evolve over time, but it hasn't felt in granted we only in week two but it, i haven't felt like we, there's been any faltering in numbers yet more just so the wga figuring out which lots have the most people and which have the least like there's a lot of people at netflix um which is great but netflix doesn't actually have physical production there and like there's not as many people at universal that has physical production so like asking people you know, we can have half our numbers on Netflix, send those people to Universal, or different, you know, different lots have less entrances. Like, Amazon only has one entrance, so they don't need quite as many people as Warner Brothers that has eight or ten or, you Um, But yeah, but so far, it's it's honestly pretty positive energy, and um, it's kind of like a fun social time in my day each day. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I guess we'll go back for someone who maybe doesn't know what's going on with the strike. What are, Mm -hmm. what are the key things you would want them to know from your perspective?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll preface by saying, you know, I'm not a WGA negotiator. i you know, I'm not someone who is, there are more expertise people in this area than myself, but I have read all the negotiations and talked with many people. So there's a few different key things. I think the most, historical is that this is the first union labor action against AI or for AI regulation. Um, So one of the things the WGA, which stands for the Writers Guild of America, is asking for is um, to regulate the use of AI in screenwriting. Um, And when that was proposed to the AMPTP, um, it was just flat out rejected and they offered a Annual Meeting to Discuss Advances in Technology. Which is super for people. Um, and so, you know, if there's no regulation of AI, it could become writers just sell an idea and then they throw it into AI and pump out a script and, you know, whatnot. Um, that could really, I don't think the I don't think the title of writer, like the job of a writer, will ever disappear. But it could become such an elite job for just people who are editing AI scripts, rather than a large group of creatives who get to do this. Um, and I think that it's going to set a precedent here. One, if they, you know, if the WGA doesn't win on the AI front right now, I don't think they'll ever win. I think it's you have to fight and win it now, or it's over. But also, if it do- isn't one now, there'll be a precedent to other other unions, creative or non, that a, that a union that tried to fight or you know wanted regulation of AI lost, then there's you know other unions are going to feel weaker in future fights for that. Um, so that's one of the predominant things that I think makes it really a standout strike. Um, but outside of that there's. Lots of different things going on. Um, one is that, for the most part, streaming services don't pay residuals or barely pay residuals, which is really difficult for people. Um, another aspect is, um, so really what's, what's happened in TV, and you've probably noticed this as a viewer, is 10 years ago, most television seasons were about 22 to 24 episodes. And shows got a lot more seasons. And now seasons are like six to eight episodes and they get canceled after one or two. So the job of a TV writer went from a full-time dependable job to gig work, where every 10, month, ten weeks you are looking for a new show. And even if you are staffed on one of the best shows, that's probably 12 weeks of work out of the year and it might not be enough to sustain you and you're constantly having to look for something new. And with this, you know, with this trend the way that the studios are leaning one way that could resolve it is we go back to a more traditional model and people are actually buying more episodes and buying more seasons that's a little difficult for the wga to negotiate but with where it's currently standing um they are asking for like a minimum amount of writer writers in the room so a new trend is that studios are doing this thing called mini rooms where instead of when they don't want to fully risk or invest in a full set of writers, which on average, depending on the scale of the show, maybe a writer's room is eight to 12 people. Um, they're just having three people workshop it, which one means so many people aren't getting work because they're just like, oh, we don't want to really commit to getting everyone. Let's just have Hannah, Maddie, and Kemo work together and they'll figure it out. It's more work for those three individuals. and What happens is they only hire upper level writers. So you kind of like anything else, you have your upper level, your mid level and your entry level and entry level positions have just disappeared. So if you are new to writing, you cannot get work because students are only hiring three writers instead of 12 and there's no positions available for entry level writers. Um, And so people, there's actually a a bit of a crisis that there aren't enough people who can show run TV shows because there's not enough people who are trained on how to do it because they've cut out all of the opportunity to learn skills. Um, so sometimes even studios have shows and they don't know who to put in charge of the shows, which I don't think they've realized that they've created that problem. So um, the WJ is asking for like, you know, you have to have at least six writers and then every, for up to six episodes, and then every two episodes after that, you have to have one additional writer. So if you had like 12 episodes, you would end up with nine, right? Ten, right? God, I can't do math on the fly. You can calculate it later and tell your audience. But, um, so that's one of the things they're anti the mini rooms, um, if a streaming service or a studio is like creating a show but hasn't fully decided if they're gonna put it on air yet, then they have to pay it. We're asking for an increase in pay so that, cause again, most of our money is made in residuals, not necessarily in that flat fee. So if it's now it's the same amount of work, you just don't get the compensation. So those are some of the the ways it's been affected, but um, it, it's shocking how, how little writers are making and how difficult it has become to make it a full-time job. There's a, a writer who, his name's, I believe it's Alex O'Keefe, who just had an article, I think, in the New York Times, who is a writer on The Bear, which won Best Comedy. And he was saying that, you know, in a year, he wrote on the Emmy-winning Best Comedy Series and only made four a year. And worked out of a studio apartment and ended up with zero dollars. Like a negative bank account by the end of the year. And it's crazy that you can be a writer on the best comedy of the year. And, you know, be at the poverty line. So that's kind of what's going on amidst a bunch of other things. There's, you can read the negotiations. There's lots and lots of little aspects to it. Um, but we need job stability or the pay needs to be a lot higher and a lot more fair. If it's, like, if the studios are going to make it gig work, then there needs to be compensation that if you only write on one show a year, you're still making a living.
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's unbelievable how little wages are. It's crazy. It's just out of control. And
2: they, they twist things because, like, how much you get paid per script isn't really that bad. That's the thing, is they're like, well, you get paid this much for one script, and it's like, yeah, but you're only getting one script a year at this point, you know what I mean? So it's not that the script fee itself is bad, it's that you've eliminated the opportunity for work.
1: Absolutely. The best is when everyone says no one wants to work, and it's like, no, we're fighting for jobs at this point, because you're (laughs) taking them away. To make everything yeah. easier to be made, it's or cheaper to be made, it's out of
2: control. It really is. It's that capitalist society. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll get like if studios could get away with having one writer on a TV show and AI filling in the rest, that's what they would do. Oh. You know,
1: I have such a negative feeling towards AI.
2: I do as well. I've heard some people speak very convincingly about its benefits. I'm sure there are benefits, but if I had to choose those like, if I could fully eliminate AI, I would.
1: It just if we, I would just always pick the Mm -hmm. human. If it's going to give a human a job or AI that is not trying Mm -hmm. to make a living, why would I pick the AI? You know, it's just I would always pick the human over it. If I if AI could be something for fun that doesn't take jobs away from people, I think so.
0: If it just somehow benefited, well, if,
1: but and I'm sure there's ways it could be. If we lived in a society be,
0: but... where it was a good thing that they were taking jobs and suddenly we were allowed to work less and we were still being provided oh, what my... we needed to survive and to right. enjoy our lives, that'd be a different conversation. But the conversation is how can we absolutely hoard more money for ourselves mm-hmm. so right. yeah absolutely. Yeah. i mean if ai
2: is being used to you know get rid of all of the things that bog us down in our lives great if ai wants to figure out how to clean my house and do all my groceries for me and run a bunch of air and whatnot perfect um but i'm not like yeah let's not figure out how to how we can make AI take away what only humans can do. And I do know with all advances in technology, jobs are going to be lost. You know what I mean? As we developed computers, a lot of jobs became obsolete as, you know, even factories were built, whatever. But um, how can we, you know, what? what jobs can then be created in their place that needs a human touch and actual, not artificial intelligence, but real intelligence to do? And it's
0: interesting in the case of script writing because i don't know if you both have seen like within the last six months probably all of the people going into you know chat gbt or whatever and telling it to watch a hundred hours of hallmark movies and then write a script for one Mm -hmm. and the scripts are nonsense like they are not good so if
2: i mean i couple i've seen a couple decent like gilmore girls written ones you know what i mean okay but you still need i mean there's definitely some lines that you're like those words don't mean that but you're like you yeah you didn't pick up on the
0: human the the nuance of like however something was being used but it's still scary because it's like it gets better every time that's
2: yeah yeah Yeah, and I think the fear is, you know, yes, technically, like, I do think AI can do a decent enough job. And if you've got an editor, you can make something happen. But for Gilmore Girls, you know, they do need to analyze 100 hours of that, which needs to already be created. Um, The big fear is, you know, what if all they start asking writers to do is write one season of a show and then then pop it through AI? And as I said, more of those entry-level jobs will will continue to disappear Mm -hmm. to where there's just... It's just Mindy Kaling like making eight shows a year that AI pops out, which honestly I'd probably want, but 100%. you know what I mean? It'll become, there's of only course. 10, 10 writers. Yeah. And what else mm-hmm. is just here. I saw
0: another article. I mean, it, AI, the conversation has suddenly taken over in the last three weeks, four weeks. I feel like it's yeah. all anyone's talking about suddenly. Um, and I saw that, you know, there are these lower level jobs, anything on a computer is going to be taken, yada, yada, whatever. But then something I found interesting was a lot of executive, um, like high level positions would be taken. And that's because a lot of them are, you know, relationship, like I look at, you know, certain bosses and stuff, and a lot of it is organization, delegation, you know, doing not a lot, but also, you know, kind of strategizing and stuff. And those skills that once made you able to step into those positions are going to be quickly taken. So all these people who are high end execs are, are going to have no skills for yeah. what's, you know, expected of them at that point. So it is, I mean,
2: I actually think those are positions that ai might be great for like when i think of just entertainment i assume other industries run this way in entertainment we all only have so many hours in the day you know an executive an agent whatever cannot read a thousand scripts at once and so you're just taking what's being referred to you by close contacts that you already trust you know which obviously we're, we're this is no um, shock. We don't live in a meritocracy. It's largely about network. But if AI was in those positions and actually could analyze a wide range of data and potentially take away some of the favoritism, nepotism, and everything else that goes on, then maybe we could see better projects being pushed to the top because computers could actually take the time to analyze the product versus an agent who can take three pitches a day a day and will only take it from their closest contacts because understandably, that's all they have time for, you know? Like that I think would be a great, I would love to watch AI actually be able, for everyone to be able to submit their ideas and AI can take its time and analyze them all and figure out what they think has, whatever it is the studio is looking for.
0: Yeah, and it's...
1: See, that's a genius way to use AI that I think would benefit i'm not seeing the
0: negative yeah. at least right now no no, no. i Manny don't and it. i'm gonna point out that we are three women okay. here talking about it and how it would be useful and we're talking about it from the mindset of how does it benefit the community versus how does it benefit me solely and in that book i'm reading we talked about this last week week briefly with kaya um but i'm i am been listening to this audio book about artificial intelligence And so I don't know if that's why suddenly I'm focused on it, um, but. I do think
2: it's really in public. Like once chat GBT like came on out, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's really taken over. And one
0: of the points that uh, they made in the book, you know, was more in regard to people's fear of AI taking over the world. And the guy said, you know, that's to assume that artificial intelligence will function like an alpha male ideology and not like a female perspective where it's just benefiting the collective but that's all based on who's programming you who's in charge who's taken the reins and then it goes on to say a few chapters later putin was actually quoted about ai and he Mm -hmm. is saying you know the first country or person to really make these grand strides in artificial intelligence and like able to utilize it uh, at a certain capacity is going to monopolize it and and he spoke about how he doesn't doesn't think one country should monopolize it and how it takes away from the ability to kind of everyone progress if we're just suddenly skyrocketing off and you know have all of the capabilities and haven't slowly built on them so it was kind of interesting to hear his random quotes on it in the middle of the book but then um thinking about just slowing down and sort of making sure that each step along the way is really clarified because you know you say i would love a a house robot that like does all my cleaning and stuff well Your house robot's taking care of your child now. What happens when your child's hungry, but you're out of food? Does it leave your child? Does it go kill the dog in the backyard to feed to the thing? Like, what does it do? And you have to make sure you teach it all the things it should not do, as well as should Mm -hmm. do. But then the nuance of situation of, like, a self-driving car how do you teach a car not to listen to the baby in the back seat saying stop on the interstate when it's Mm -hmm. saying the exact words it's supposed to be saying so like knowing those differences and those things you don't i mean you think of but you're like oh shit!" like there's so much nuance to letting it take over Mm -hmm. and in the wrong hands i Mm -hmm. see how that can be a problem but i don't
2: know yeah and what's difficult is the litigation, like the, the, the legal, like aspect of AI will never catch up to the advances in it. AI. So we'll be making laws about AI when we've moved on from that thing three years ago, you know, and so for example, yeah, anything to do with a robot taking care of your child, we just, we will not have the laws in place to, mm-hmm. um, to guide that situation until we are too far gone into it
1: yeah right that's usually <laughs> how it goes at this point we're just years and years behind where we should be when it comes to laws and stuff with the government
2: at least yeah. i mean they just laws take so long the laws take longer to make than ai advancements yeah. at this point you know? yeah
0: slightly related but partially not we're speaking of the u.s government um <laughs> kema is irish born and mm-hmm. your fam just recently moved back. We um, did. What's it like? I mean, obviously, you know, you've spent a good chunk of your life here. What was it like going back to, to I know you would visit and such because you had family there, but now that your, your, your core family, your parents are back, um, what's that like?
2: Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, I've, I've been going back to Ireland at least once a year, typically twice a year since I moved. Yeah. So I've, you know, I've always felt one foot in both countries. Um, with my parents moving back, I mean, it, it feels right in a lot of ways. It's nice having a home base. What's weirder about it, so they didn't move to where I grew up. I grew up in Dublin. Uh, My mom and my granny are from Belfast area. So my parents moved to Belfast to take care of my granny. And now what happens, which is about two and a half hours by train apart, Mm -hmm. um, kind of an LA San Diego distance. And so what happens is I go back as frequently as I did before, but I don't get to see my friends as much because I'm in Belfast with my parents. And then my parents... Like, you know, if I'm only there for 10 days, I used to spend, like, 10 days straight just in Dublin with my friends, and now I'll go back down for a couple of days, and they're like, well, we, d- we never see you, and you're only here for a few days. And I was like, I don't know, you moved to the wrong city, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah.
0: Um.
2: So I actually am there more frequently and see my friends less somehow since my parents moved, which is a bit of an... Inc- I-, I feel like I see them more frequently, but for way less time. Yeah. Like. I'll be there in June, but I'm only in for a week in June for my granny's 90th birthday. Big ups to sit yes. um, But I'll literally just like have dinner with one of my friends. Yeah. Like that's all I'll be able to do in that week. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's it's been really nice. It's weird having my parents on an eight hour time difference. That's kind of strange, mm-hmm. it's this like mental thing of once it hits like 2 p.m. LA time, my parents are unavailable unless, you know what I mean? It was like an emergency Mm -hmm. and I'm always getting messages from them at like 3am kind of thing. And I wake up thinking it's something frantic, but it's just my mom asking me my t-shirt size or, you know what I mean? Like something silly. Um, but yeah, but, but for the most part, it's, it's been nice having them back over there. Um, It's nice to not be, like, visiting them in Illinois and going back to Ireland at the same, like, you know, having multiple places I need to visit, I suppose. Um, But it is weird, like, visiting my parents in a house that was never my home, Mm -hmm. which I think anyone whose parents have moved can relate to. That's not, you know, specific to me, I suppose. But, yeah, yeah, overall is a good thing. I'm happy they're there. And... It does, it does just feel like my whole life is pulled more that direction now. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: So quick, quick, right off the top of your head, give us your top three favorite movies. Little
2: Women, Mamma Mia, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Perfect.
0: Uh, If you had to pick someone to play you in a biopic, who would it be? Saoirse Ronan. Of course it would be. Um, if you could play anyone in a biopic, who would you play? sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: no, actually, I would really love, and maybe one day I'll write this, there is a famous Irish pirate queen mm-hmm. named Grania O'Malley, um, that I would love to, there was actually a, a Broadway show that closed immediately called The Pirate Queen, that was about oh, her. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, didn't do very well, but there's one song called Woman, which is yeah. a banger, look it up. Um, but I would love to play her. Very famously, she gave birth during a raid and killed two men during labor. Like, was stabbing men while birthing. women. Amazing.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Women are- women are just my favorite. They're my favorite. Yeah. Incredible.
2: So, I'd like to play her,
1: Mothers? Again. Mothers, a pregnant
0: woman. Pirate Pirate queen mothers.
1: Yeah, but that's awesome. That's a really good, like, that's a really good choice, I'd say. That's very, something, I just like, again, incredible knowledge that the two of you have, and I do not, but I just like when I hear about something that I had no idea existed, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's not, like, Maddie immediately knew that it was something from, you Mm -hmm. said Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, no clue. This is all brand new knowledge. So it's just, I just love it. I love when any of Maddie's connections are on. Love that. Thank you.
2: That's yeah. Taylor Swift album. I was just thinking about this today. Red. She's
0: a red girly. Um, okay. 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 Uh, and now the part of the show everybody loves. What is your big three?
2: Oh, um, Leo, Sun, uh, Cancer, Moon, blah, Pisces, Rising. We have a Leo in the house. (laughs) And if I kill one of those, it would be Cancer. Yeah. 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 We did Screw, Mary Kill with my big three. I would be killing the Cancer Moon. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Cancer Moon. That's a tough, that's a tough placement. Oh, it is.
2: Oh, all (laughs) my problems come from
1: that. I, yeah. With the Pisces rising, too, that's some emotion, I have, like,
2: five
1: planets in
2: Cancer. I have, and God, it's annoying. But I think, I, I don't know if it's the Leo or something else in me where like, I don't respond very well to sensitivity. Like people who are very sensitive, I, I find it difficult to be around them. And I'm like, can you please stop? Mm-hmm. And so I think I bully myself a lot and don't let myself be sensitive yeah. because I'm like, that's so annoying. Don't do that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And honestly, I think I have to bully myself. You cannot have this much cancer in your chart and have people not hate you. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've got to bully myself a little bit.
1: That's what a Leo sun is for. She's a bully.
2: <laughs> Just get in line. Oh. I don't care how many of you yeah. there are. <laughs> get
0: yes. Get in line. I'm here for Yeah, us. you're someone that I think when you hear Leo sun, people are like, yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah. And the Pisces, of course, the like artsy, dreamy, makes sense. But... I don't know. I don't know what I would have guessed your moon was if, I mean, I knew obviously it was cancer, but if I didn't know that, I wouldn't necessarily think, oh, she's got a cancer moon or.
2: I mean, I'm, I think I'm really concealing that. Like it is a moon moon where I'm like, let's shove that deep inside, deep inside. ourselves. But,
0: but it's interesting, time. I will say in that leo is the sun and cancer is the moon or rules that yes
2: they're right right so that's very
0: i mean my libra brain is like she's balanced
2: it is i yeah yeah chloe my astrologer friend um has told me that that's that's where they want to be that's that's where they go so it's kind of interesting um a true yin and yang i suppose yeah
1: that's a good silver lining for sure (laughs) I don't have a lot on my chart, so I love when people actually... Have What's your chart. chart? I'm just a uh, sun and rising Leo and then a Sagittarius moon.
2: Ooh, so know. it's just
1: obnoxious.
2: Yeah. yeah. One of the craziest charts I've ever seen, once I met someone who's a triple Sagittarius, who I'm friends with, which was a lot, and then I met another friend who, like, 8 out of 12 signs were in Aries. Like, it was... Oh. Astonish it wasn't surprising based off who yeah. it was. I was like, Yep. But it was like yep. the co-star was just like every planet in Aries.
1: Oh, that's incredible. Good for them. Living day by day must be <laughs> a
0: that is someone that like Leo's Leos are the main character, but like someone with that much Aries in their chart is the main character. There are no other characters. they're
2: definitely um a protagonist in a coming-of-age story that no one could possibly understand
0: absolutely
2: you know what i mean always right and nobody gets it but them that's a full aries yeah i'd say maybe um hailey steinfeld in edge of 17 (laughs) i feel like she was probably aries the whole way down the chart that's
1: yes absolutely absolutely a great reference point for anyone who doesn't understand astrology just watch that movie and that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what we're talking well, about.
2: Favorite, I do scenes from that
0: movie often with some of my acting students. That movie was good it took me by surprise.
2: Yeah. It's very good yeah mm-hmm. it's a great film. My, a friend of mine was almost cast in the role that Haley Lou Richardson got but then she like the day they wanted to her fitting was her first day of college at Stanford and she oh. decided she wasn't gonna go because she didn't want to lose out on her first semester of college and she didn't and she doesn't regret it but it was like this funny thing where she was like I could do it any other day and they were like no this day and she was like I just got to my dorm and then she she chose to quit wow. and go to school yeah and you know what more power to her mm-hmm yeah that's always
0: that's so interesting. I went to camp with a guy. I went to like high school musical theater intensive with this guy who was probably one of the best male like singer dancers that I'd ever really experienced at that time. And he got an offer to go on the newsies tour, national tour, first newsies tour. And he turned it down to go get his BFA. And I remember when I heard
2: that, absolutely
0: insane. Absolutely insane.
2: Look, my friend did not study acting at Stanford. She wanted to go get her whatever degree and had been a child actor for a long time. But like losing, I always thought that was crazy when I studied acting in college, saying no to professional work to get the training to prepare you for professional work. Insane. I mean, I would have people that I went to college with that, like, I'd say I was the only person in my year that was consistently taking acting classes outside of college, doing plays outside of college, booking some, not major things, but was booking work outside of outside of college in my year. And once I remember friend booked something and she was like, oh, it's right in the middle of my acting class. And then she didn't, she turned down the acting job because of acting class, which I just insane to me. Yeah. I, and that's also, I mean, art institutions, like, good. almost are their own cult, and you fear the leadership, and all of these things. Like, they're holding all this power over you, and if you skip class, you won't get cast in shows, and then you won't... All of this insanity, insanity. that they do. Yeah. Love it. It's
1: all a game. It's It's so terrible. I wish we'd all just be in the interest of everyone getting the best... Education, an opportunity. Would be
2: amazing?
1: Anything, it would be great. It really. But would yeah,
2: be. that guy turning down music's tour. I don't know if you listen to this podcast, he but won't. buddy, I think he made the wrong move. He did, and he ended up breaking his
0: foot his first semester of college. So he ended up like getting oh. sidelined all sorts of stuff. So it's it was a situation where I was just like, man, this stinks. Oh. Because had he broken his foot on tour, he could have probably gone back to school while he was out of tour. I mean. Any institution yeah. that could have someone that was a student currently or previously on the national tour of Newsies would accept him back, it, like deferred a year or so. Yeah. Like it's yeah. silly to me. And if they wouldn't, they're right. Lying. right. Well, we're nearing the end, but um, if you could tell yourself, your younger self, one thing about, you know, this career you've chosen, your life. You could tell them one thing, what would it be? Mm, that is
2: a beautiful question. Um, I think, I mean, this is quite simple, but I think I would, I'd always dreamt of acting. I'd always, like, always dreamt of, of working in entertainment and had years during my youth where that felt absurd. And then I put those dreams aside for other things, and then obviously came back around to it. But I think I would just want to tell myself that we really can do it and we really are happy you know and just like uh it's not a pipe dream I mean I grew up so far from entertainment like in every capacity that like the idea of what I'm doing now I don't think my younger self could even fully like wrap her mind around so I think it would just be like you're good you got it don't go to law school there you
1: go I like that just stay on that path keep trucking along
2: that's yeah to go. follow your dreams absolutely absolutely and it's like you know some of those younger ages you know we we decide whether or not we're good at art based off like if we're literally good in an art class or if the choir director likes your voice enough that you can do the musicals or you know what i mean it's all these things right that mm-hmm. tell us whether or not we think we can do this path i mean when i was a senior in high school and told people I was going to study acting in college. I think everyone thought that was a bad idea, you know, just cause I wasn't necessarily seen as that kid. Yeah. Um, but I think I knew enough to know that nobody there knew anything. I don't really <laughs> think I knew anything, but I was like, I don't think anyone here is qualified to tell me I can't.
1: Yes, absolutely. Always make sure. What is it? It's like always make sure the person's, the person whose opinion you're taking is someone who mm-hmm. you want the opinion yeah, yeah. of or whatever like don't don't just take someone's opinion make sure it's someone that you actually would uh, you know appreciate yeah. their opinion awesome all right well last things is there
2: anything you'd like to plug connect tell the oh people my goodness. about what would I like to plug and connect um eventually parallel will come out please watch it when it does i'm currently in the edit for a film called above the line that we produced um that will come up come out top of next year i believe so i'd love for you to watch above the line in you know 10 months um and that's really all i've got you can follow me on social media that's it
1: amazing perfect that was good that was a good little (laughs) wrap up well, thank you for being on and thank you for taking the time to schedule it out because, again, I know it took a lot of emailing so we appreciate that you didn't lose No, I was joking that out. I
2: was sending 500 emails begging to be on the show for parents. <laughs> oh, that I'm oh, desperately trying to get on the show.
1: Oh, love it. Well, thank you for coming anyway. Of we course appreciate you. Me. Um, well, thank God Kema infiltrated your friend group Thank God. See? Now you
0: know how they know each other. Now you know. Hannah, this weekend's Mother's Day. It sure is. It sure is. Happy Mother's Day, everybody.
1: Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Whether you are- Every single person.
0: A mother or a (laughs) motherfucker.
1: Yep. You know what? You're either a mother or you're a motherfucker, so I hope you're celebrating the holiday.
0: (laughs) we hope you enjoyed the newsletter yesterday yeah if you didn't why yeah what
1: are you doing we work so hard I'm sorry hold on Maddie works so hard so <laughs> on that newsletter <laughs> everybody please I don't even know how she comes up her mind is phenomenal thank God for her the content is creative she does her best she sure does um, doubling back to Mother's Day, mm-hmm. did I tell you what we're doing? Uh, you told me that people were coming over, question mark? Yeah. Yeah. We're having the mothers over. Nice. And we're having a, like, we were going to have a brunch, but then, of course, my father has mass, so we have to go later. Of course. And, right, of course. So, we're going to do it at one, mm-hmm. so we're going to do mini sandwiches. And little pinwheel pinwheel you know sandwiches um and then Bridget's gonna do a dessert board love it yes so that's what we'll be doing um very excited realize I shouldn't be talking about all this my mom she won't listen yet she takes a while okay we have to give her a full review and then she listens Mm. and then she lets me know what I need to correct in the next one well that's what mothers are for
0: right that is what mothers are for That's great. We love, we love sister-in-laws that just sort of take hold of
1: things. Yeah. Phenomenally. She also, so Bridget is also going to be going to the Taylor Swift concert Mm -hmm. with us Mm -hmm. and we're going down to her apartment, Mm -hmm. um, to basically party before the concert. And she has told me, she goes, I'm sorry, I'm ruining surprises for you. Maddie and Cassie can be surprised, but she's like, I have to tell somebody. So she keeps sending me pictures of like what she's bought and the decorations and like what she's planning to do and all this stuff. Oh my god. And it's like she is she's a Virgo,
0: number one. I mean and say less. Do you right. What I mean? Yeah. Right? Ugh. So so it's just she's great. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Listen, we're coming up. That concert is coming. Listen, we haven't talked about the elephant in the room. Say it. So last Friday evening we all were pulled straight back to reality in which Taylor Swift said, it's time to give you Speak Now TV. And my life hasn't been the same since. I'm back. I'm straight back in it. I am straight back in it predicting everything as an Easter egg and that I have to be on high alert. You have to be cuz it's I oh we know.
1: I speak now girly. She's always been. So, I have been waiting for this re record mm-hmm. Almost to the point I have not listened to the songs because if I get hyper focused on one, I can't give Scooter Braun that much money. You know what I mean? So I have to totally keep it... Totally valid. To waiting. Totally valid. You were off TikTok when this happened, so I'm not sure if you saw it, but I did post a TikTok where I was like, what is Taylor... What did, I said, like, Speak Now TV. I don't want Speak Now TV. I want Speak Now the album. And then on the TikTok, I realized that TV means Taylor's version and not TV, like... I thought there was going to be a special, like a TV series special, I was like, nobody wants that. And evidently that isn't what anybody wanted. I'm just an idiot. I That's literally, funny. I saw it in my eyes happen. And it was just like, Jesus. So embarrassing. But then I posted it, obviously. It was in my drafts. They have to sit
0: for a little before they feel less embarrassing. You're back on TikTok. I, uh, I am back on TikTok. Never be embarrassed, though, for things. Because thing, life is confusing. And things mean Things. It's like the English language. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like, it means two things at once. Yeah, I am back on TikTok, mildly. I like haven't, I don't know, I made a couple TikToks, but I'm just like not spending time on it. I'm finding that I just don't really have a desire to scroll social media. And I think yes. a lot of that comes down to... Well, that's not true. I've been scrolling Twitter more than usual, again. I've been getting back on my Twitter shit. And not even tweeting, but looking at tweets. Um, And yeah, I think it's just because we do so much on our devices in general, like for work. Yeah. that I'm really just not being drawn to my phone in that capacity.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I agree. I feel like I just scroll on TikTok now just to see if
0: there's a trend mm-hmm. that's like a funny sound or something. But otherwise, it has been less. And that's how I've been. That's how I was towards the end of my like aggressive attempt at posting all the time. I was just scrolling and finding trends and saving trends and then posting them. And then it was like becoming too much to even do that. I still have a hundred trends sitting in my draft slash save sounds that like i could do and just haven't um, they'd be old now but yeah um they're
1: still fun sometimes they're fun when you pop up with like an old old one, one. Just, yeah
0: and my algorithms fucked up now because i haven't been on in so long that the oh, only sure. things it's showing me are people using like filters that are like the what kind of cheese are you oh, like, yes, you know what I mean Yeah. and it's only yeah. showing me those things and I'm just like boring that's fine like it's okay I just it's not making me laugh out loud usually
1: yes, yes. Um, I know I don't have that it's more informational at this point
0: for me mm-hmm. everything is just info and if I did you know go back to being on it regularly it probably would Doubling back. Mm-hmm. Speak now. Speak now, baby.
1: Do you have a favorite... <clears throat> oh, my God. Do you have a favorite song in the album? Uh, Dear John. Okay, had to be, right? Had to be. I don't know, though. Um, what you call it? Last Kiss hits me in a different way. There's a point where her voice shakes at the end of the song, and it makes me cry every time. So, Last Kiss has me in a different way. But Dear John... I think Dear John is so much better than All Too Well. And it upsets me that All Too Well gets
0: so much attention.
1: It's because... because Dear John just got, like, pushed under the rug. Yeah,
0: it's because... I, I don't think it got pushed under the rug. I think people... I think this album... I think Dear John is going to blow up like All Too Well did, potentially. I think so, too. I think yeah. the only reason maybe it wouldn't is... It depends on what she decides to make into, like, the single... You know what I mean, and yeah. I could see her doing "Back to December" or "Last Kiss" instead. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I don't know, but like "Dear John" to me, and I—it's interesting. I was listening to it with Ben in the car, probably a couple months ago now, and he was like, "That's her best song," and I said, "What?" And Great. he said, "She's actually singing," and I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah." Because he gets annoyed that, like, she doesn't sing. But he has... We won't get into that. Ben listens to people scream. And he wants to yell about people not singing. I digress. Um. But, yeah, he was like, this is really good. And then it just kept going. He was like, this is long. And I was like, "Yeah." yeah. And the more I listen to it, the more I'm like, this song is so... Like, it's... It's got a great. I can't great wait, she hook. wrote it when she did. It's got. Yeah. I mean, it's savage. I, I'm of the conspiracy mindset that I don't necessarily think it's about John Mayer. I think it's about that other guy, and it just so happens to be an overlap for the PR relationship. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I, fuck John Mayer, regardless. But, um, sure. I just think it's so savage. The like guitar. In it that is so clearly meant to emulate his guitar playing, and it's like, did she do that on her own? Was she the savage that was like, right? I, I want this. Listen,
1: you know, we talk about it. I'm delusional enough to think we'll be friends someday, and I just want to ask her so many questions. I'd be like, I girl, just you want to knew. Her, I just want to be like, listen. I will never ever. I'll sign anything talk to you, about you this want again. to. I just need one night. I need one night to ask you 800 questions and we'll never talk about it again. 100%. That's all I need.
0: I will sign any NDA for her.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? I won't tell anybody anything. I will quit this podcast.
0: No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Literally, though. Depending. Depending. No, but I'm excited to see what she makes... The like there was rumor that she was filming a music video somewhere abroad, I can't remember, for something for Speak Now. And I can't remember who it was and what it was and whatever, but I wanna say that Taylor Lautner was doing the music video in the um thing. Oh my god. But I'll I think it would be more of a dear John situation where he's playing an older guy and there'd be a younger. Cause he's old now. Yeah. I mean, not old, but like yeah. he's thirties too. It's not. Yeah. Right. He shouldn't be <laughs> back to December or, you know. Yeah. Um, no, agreed. Agreed. I am curious. We talked about this the other day, you and I, um, on maybe we were just talking But I saw some people on Twitter posting about what songs they are praying they don't get as their surprise songs. Oh. mm -hmm. Do you have any songs that you do not want? I can't say the one out loud that I want to say. That you don't or you do?
1: No, actually, I think it's already been sung. I think it was sung. You know Rowan? Yes. I, I couldn't hear that live. Yeah. Do I...
0: Ronan? That is... Yeah.
1: Yeah. That one
0: is... That oh is God, how I feel about Never Grow Up. I was just gonna say Never Grow Up. I would be tough. pissed if she played that. I'd just be sitting there crying when she gets Go to the off. end and she's talking about, I don't want to grow up. Fuck off, Taylor. I'm not doing that. No. Truly... Get out of here. Get the
1: fuck out of here. Absolutely not. I'm looking really quick... Because, again, I never deep dove any of this because, again, we're going to be besties. Right. So I have to look through really quick to see if there's anything I really don't like. It would have to be just something, like, invisible. That's a tough one. (laughs) From
0: debut? From debut. I could handle anything Um, from debut. I'd be happy for anything from debut. I think... That's fair. Clean. I love clean. I love clean. I would pass out if
1: she played that. Oh,
0: I thought you were saying I don't want her to. I was like, no, that she already played it, but she said she's playing it again because she messed it up. Oh my God! If it rains, oh, I remember the other
1: one.
0: Oh, tell it. Um. Best day. Mm. I don't want best day, and (sighs) I. That's fair. I also do not want. um, Soon you'll get better. Absolutely, I don't want any of
1: the depressing songs. Songs on, yeah, right. I don't want any of the songs on Red that have a song, a singer on it with her.
0: Oh, that's I don't know fair. if she'll play any of them. I I don't I would, know because I, don't like really any I doubt of them. she will because the um, mm-hmm. I don't think she'll play. I mean, maybe she would, but I don't think she would do that unless she brought that person out. Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
1: Um, I um. I think it's only old stuff that I would be like, well, no, Soon You'll Get Better is really tough. I'd never, I don't listen to it. I forgot
0: about it because I blocked it out. Yeah, I like that song. I do. But I just like that one to me. I would, I'm not trying to, no. I want fun surprise songs. Yeah. I'm like drag me with Last Kiss
1: or Dear John though. Oh I, yeah. I would die. Those I would consider fun. Oh, sure. Okay. Perfect. Dear John is fun. Dear John's a fucking riot. A riot. We would have... I would... I am trying... We have the different opinion on this, I think. I have the same... I have a neutral opinion. When it's like... If you go to a concert, you shouldn't be like scream singing because it's rude to the people around you. But also if you're going to a concert listen, suck it up, because that's the whole part of the concert is, like, the experience of going and being with people, and if you want to listen to the artist, then sit in your room and listen to the artist. But anyway, all I have to say is, Dear John, or Last Kiss Comes On, I'm offending
0: everyone in the area. No, here's the thing. I am already prepared that, like, it's going to be, we're going to all be screaming every word that we can of the entire show. I'm fine with it. It's
1: like, it's just, oh, my God. I'm going to black out. And also, I keep seeing videos of people, like, high up. And I just keep going, Maddie got his good (laughs) tickets. I can't (laughs) wait to see what these look like.
0: Oh, my God, it's going to be so fun. Yeah, I'm stressing about the surprise songs.
1: I don't, I, it upsets me that she's doing them. Like, thank God, because it would be, like, it's great, and it's so fun, and I love it. But it makes me want... To cry. Because I want to know exactly
0: what I'm going to get in for. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We could, listen, we could be getting anything. Did she do You Need to Calm Down? Is that in the... I think that's in the set list, isn't it? Okay. Or she's already done it. Oh, I... If it's not in the set list, then she's already done it. Because I feel like like I remember it being on a... Something I scrolled past. I still have not looked at the entire set list. I've ignored it. No. I can't decide if I'm going to, though, because I do want to make sure I know, like... Know the songs. All of them. But I think yes. I do. Like, I really think yeah. I do. Yeah, it's, like, good enough. You
1: know what I mean? You'll know enough that... You'll know all the songs, it's just how much of each song will you know, is what it is. It's not like you're not going to know a song. Yeah. I literally forgot we were recording a podcast. Um, hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to us talk about Taylor Swift for a long period of time, as usual. Catch us everywhere you want to on social media. Sign up for this newsletter. It's so entertaining. That's all I have to say. Thank you, Kema. We appreciate you for being on. It was
0: a pleasure. See you next time. See you next time.